Good morning. Welcome to the Church of the Palms. My name is Barry Buchanan, and I serve as a deacon on the executive committee to the Board of Deacons and as head usher of special services. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us bow our head as we prepare for worship. Height, breadth, length, and depth, the whole universe proclaims your glory, faithful God. Your wisdom fills the universe with possibilities we have not tapped. Your word comes to us filled with riches we have not mined. Within ourselves is the potential for greatness as yet unrealized. Confront us here with your eternal claim on us that we may become the kind, compassionate, and patient people you intend for us to be. Amen. Now as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be raised in praise to the glory of God.
Will you please stand for the call to worship? For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let us worship God. It's easy sometimes to forget that the Christmas story did not end in the stable, but continues to challenge us to grow into spiritual woman and manhood. 
As we close the pages of one year and begin the next chapter of our lives, here's the question. Are we committed to grow in faith? Or will we default back to the sins which beset us before that glorious, inspiring week of his birth? Let us come before our Lord and confess our sins together. God of grace and truth, in Jesus Christ you came among us as light shining in the darkness. We confess that we have not welcomed the light, trusted darkness. We have closed our eyes to the glory in the midst, expecting little and hoping for less. Forgive our doubt and renew our hope so that we may receive the fullness of your grace and live in the truth of Christ the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God has poured on us the new light of his incarnate word. By this we are cleansed and made whole, and we can rest assured in his peace. And may the light that is rekindled in our hearts at Christmas continue to shine forth in our lives as we proclaim his forgiveness. So friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. And together, let's reaffirm our faith through the reading, the saying, the praying of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the likeness of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now let's take a moment to greet one another in the spirit of our Lord. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I was at the store the other day, yesterday and I said Merry Christmas to the clerk and she said, Christmas is over. <laughs> <laughs> so we got two weeks of Christmas uh, we, can, we can celebrate. So uh, anyway, we're glad that you're with us. 
thankful that you have made your way. Thankful you know that Christmas is not yet over. Um, we hope that you will find your name onto the, put your name on the friendship pad as it goes past your pew, and we would love for you to let us know who you are, especially if you're visiting with us today. We get lots of visitors around this time of year, and we hope that uh, you'll let us know who you are, and uh, we can be glad to have you on our um, email distribution list. If you give us your email address, that way you can keep current with what's going on here at Church of the Palms throughout the course of a new year. And yes, a new year is right around the bend, and we hope that on the way out the door, you'll pick up the January Connect magazine. We made that available last week, but it's still available on the shelf, and we would love for you to pick it up and find out what's going on this coming month. We begin some new classes starting not uh, this week, but next week, uh, January 3rd and January 6th, will be some brand new classes, including following Jesus with a rock and roll heart and some other things. So we would love to have you uh, join us for those classes beginning in a week or so. We have a congregational meeting actually scheduled for next Sunday. This is a congregational meeting we really don't want to have to have, but, uh, but Pastor Bruce, as you all know, has received a new call to a new church, and we will be acting upon that officially uh, this coming Sunday uh, right after the first service, so please pay attention to that. We are grateful to be able to report that we are continuing to make strides with our Echoes of Generosity Challenge that uh, we received at the beginning of the month. Last, you may remember that at the beginning of the month of December, we had a $400,000 challenge to get through for the end of the year, and we are now just $90,000 remaining of that, and that's good news, uh, but that's still $90,000, so we would love for you to be thinking about, thinking about that, praying about it uh, as we end up this year. And uh, there is some information about how you get your contributions in on the back of your uh, bulletin, but we would love for you to help us to meet that challenge and perhaps go beyond it so that we can support even more greatly our mission partners throughout the world. World-renowned Itzhak Perlman will be in our sanctuary this evening at 7 p.m., and you may wish to come to be a part of the Perlman Music Program. It's here in the sanctuary at 7 o'clock. It's a real treat for us to be able to uh, host uh, those good people. And then one other service note, we'll be singing the first Noel at the end of the service, and uh, I think that has 17 verses to it, but we're only gonna sing the first four, so uh, <laughs> keep uh, that in mind as well. Now I'd like to invite our newest members to come forward to be received into the life of our church. A couple of weeks ago, we had a new members class, and we were delighted to receive uh, those folks who are in your bulletin. We have a little flyer that uh, shows you their pictures. And yes, you can turn and face uh, the crowd. And we are delighted to have three of the four with us this morning. Kelly Amarnak over here on my right to your left. And then also Mike and Amy McCullough, uh, whom some of you have met already. Amy began working with us back in the spring. And Mike is now taking over some responsibilities over in the garden, uh, helping out with our media services there, and so we welcome them, and we invite you to welcome them with your applause. <laughs> now you can turn and face me. Sorry. <laughs> We'd love to ask you these questions as you become a part of Church of the Palms and join our mission of equipping disciples for the service of Christ. Is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Do you trust in him? Do you intend to be his disciple, to obey his word, and to show his love? And will you be a faithful member of this congregation, giving of yourself in every way, and will you seek the fellowship of the church wherever you may be? Well, by answering those questions in the affirmative, you have not only confessed your faith in Jesus Christ, but you have joined us in our life together as a church, and more importantly, in our mission together of equipping disciples for the service of Christ. We welcome you, we're glad that you are with us, and let us ask God for their blessing. Let us pray. Lord, we pray that you will bless these three as they come before us to be received into membership here at Church of the Palms. We rejoice, O oh Lord, that you have touched their lives in such a way that they have wanted to follow you and that they have found their way to us this day to join us on the path of equipping disciples for the service of Christ. We rejoice, O oh Lord, that you have uh, blessed them with great spiritual gifts and pray, Lord, that you will help them to find use for those gifts in this great fellowship of faith 
and that they may know, O Lord, that as they rub shoulders with us, that together we can be the light of the world to those who yearn to know that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Welcome into the life of the church, yes. Welcome, 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 yes, yes. And following our service, you will be having the chance to meet these good people right outside in the courtyard, so make your way through that door after the service is over and you can greet them and welcome them into the life of the church. Let us pray. O Lord, on this first Sunday of Christmas, our hearts are overflowing with gratitude for the fact that Mary did have a baby and he is our King, King Jesus, that he shows us your love and grace, your mercy your peace. Oh God, we gather this morning as disciples of King Jesus to pray for peace in a troubled world, spots all around the globe where people take up arms and fight one another. May your church our brothers and sisters in Christ in those places all around the world. May you protect them, and they may, may they be a voice and a force, a witness for your peace, for your presence, for your grace. At this time of year, O oh God, when we sing joy to the world, we are mindful of those in our midst who find it difficult to experience the joy because of loss or challenge or other difficulty in life. And so we pray the consoling ministry of your Holy Spirit. For those who are grieving the death of a loved one, the loss of a relationship, the 
stresses and strains that life often brings. Show us how we as a family of faith might minister in those dark times to those in our midst and in our community who need some tangible sign of your presence, of your compassion, of your care. Oh God, we thank you for the generosity of this church family, for the amazing ministry that you accomplish through us as we serve those in our community who are hungry, as we work with students to realize the full potential you have placed within them in their studies as we walk with people side by side through counseling services, as we minister to families through the ECC and our family and student ministries in so many ways, oh God, our deacons and Stephen ministers provide your care. Our elders provide wonderful leadership. Lord, we are a blessed congregation. And so we ask as we look forward to the new year that you would show us ways that we can be a blessing to others. Those who come to worship with us, those with whom we minister during the week. Because Mary had a baby. And his name is King Jesus. And King Jesus taught those who follow him to pray. A very particular prayer. And so as followers of the King of Kings, we pray the prayer he taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now as we continue our worship, I invite the ushers to come forward to receive the morning tithes and offerings. shining this is the night of our dear Savior's birth long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, oh, Divine of night when Christ was born, of night of holy night, of night divine.
is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy, in grateful chorus raise we, let all within us praise his holy name, Christ. Let us pray. Gracious God, every good and perfect gift comes from you. And the most perfect gift ever given is Jesus the Christ, the one who is incarnate, who became one of us in that manger in the stable. And so we give this morning in grateful response to the greatest gift ever given, which comes from you. So we pray your blessing upon these tithes and offering. Multiply them to accomplish your purposes here at Church of the Palms and in our community and in places where you call us into ministry around the nation and around the world. We lift up these prayers in the name of the Prince of Peace. Amen. You may be seated. And I invite Miss Lori to come forward for the time with children. Thanks, Pastor Bruce. So I was wondering about this two days after Christmas crowd, and I am so grateful that you guys are here. We are going to have so much fun in kids' worship. We're doing a scavenger hunt. You're going to be so glad you came today. Good morning. Hey, John, glad you're back. So we are now starting this journey into the Gospel of Mark. And I love the Gospel of Mark because he doesn't waste a lot of time. Things are boom, 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 moving. And today, we go from verse 1 through 20. Starts out with John the Baptist talking about how he eats grasshoppers and honey and how he's like pointing everybody towards Jesus. Jesus was just a baby two days ago. He is now a man. He gets baptized. He gets tempted. He starts calling some disciples who were fishermen. And whew, it is frantic. But I got to tell you, on a day like today, I don't want to be frantic. I want to be calm. 
And I want to reflect on the season that we were just in, on that Advent season. And I'm wondering if you can think of any time leading up till Christmas, up until Christmas Day, that you especially felt love, peace, or joy. Because, you know, in those places, that's where God really shows up. And I think we need to pause and go, hey, where was God in that time leading up to Christmas? And I'm going to tell you, like, one of my times was ringing the Salvation Army bells. I had, like, all five daughters. There were, like, two boyfriends, a husband and a husky. And we were just singing Christmas carols. And one guy came out of Publix, and one of my daughters said, hey, what's your favorite Christmas song? And he said, Silent Night. So, of course, we started singing Silent Night. And then he started singing, and he started crying just a little bit. And I'm like, oh, God was in that moment. Didn't know it at the time, but it's just what I'm sort of thinking back. Anything at all come to your mind? Anyone at all? <laughs> See, I didn't think there was going to be anyone up here. So did you feel love, joy, or peace during the Advent season? And you would raise your hand now because you're going to say, I have something I want to share. I saw my niece and nephew and my sister-in-law and my brother. Oh, my gosh. Thank God. That is beautiful. Thank you. Family together can be a little bit crazy, but it can be something really beautiful, too. Thanks. Sophie, stand up and like show me where people are raising their hand. We got in our car and drove all around Sarasota looking for Christmas because we're from up north, and, and there wasn't any here. Even all the way out to the beach, there were no people, no songs, no music, and very little color. And we came back so disappointed. Finally, we came to the church, and we had two services at night. And I sat through both of them, and my husband sang, and we found our Christmas right here. Thank you for sharing that. That is so beautiful. See anyone else, Sophie? Hmm, bunch of cows. Oh, there's one. Thank you. I think that um, I had to kind of think about this, and the best Christmas present we had was getting our children and our the in-laws, the grand-son-in-law, uh, the son-in-laws, and all the grandchildren together for Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving, for Christmas, for Christmas Day, a lot of work. But to get them all together, which is kind of a rarity. So that we're very thankful for. Thank you so much. Sophie, do you have one? Thank you. I felt love when my mom um, put some money in for a Christmas present for going on Disney Cruise. Oh, nice. <laughs> that is sweet, Colleen. Well done. I would feel that same love if it were coming towards, can I go with you? That is so great. You know what? It is all about that love of Christ. And the more that we are mindful of where God might be showing up, the more that we can just fill ourselves up with that and then share it, excuse me, share it with other people. So thank you all for sharing. Think about that and journal on that about where did God show up in your advent and carry that forward into the new year. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we thank you for holding us in the palm of your hands. Lord, fill each one of us up with a love that's so big, we can't help but share it with everyone. Amen.
seated. Well, this morning, as a favor to you, I am not going to preach one of my sermons. But as a reward for your coming two days after Christmas. Instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you a story written by Barbara Brown Taylor. I did this several, several years ago in a former parish of mine, and the consensus was how grateful they were that I didn't preach one of my own sermons. <laughs> we are uh, at the pivot point of our narrative lectionary. We have been taking this journey through the Old Testament, and we've been listening to the story of redemption as told to us by the Old Testament writers, and we have found ourselves now at this point where Jesus has been born. We're going to be reading two texts from Mark and Luke today that place us at that pivot point between the Old Testament history and now what is soon to begin the New Testament history, and this story by Barbara Brown Taylor will be a wonderful story for us to reflect upon as we wonder about God's great story. So hear the word of God as it comes to us first from the Gospel of Mark and then from the Gospel of Luke. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, see I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, the voice one of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And then from the Gospel of Luke. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of a great joy for all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. And when they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary pondered all these words in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. Be Let us pray. Allow these words to come, O Lord, to point to the word that has just been read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ, the newborn Savior. For we pray this in his name, amen. Once upon a time, or before time actually, before there were clocks or calendars or Christmas trees, God was all there was. No one knows anything about that time really because no one was there to know it. But somewhere in the middle of that time before time, God decided to make a world. Maybe God was bored or maybe God was lonely or maybe God just liked to make things and thought it was time to try something big. 
Whatever the reason, God made a world and filled it with the most astonishing things, with humpback whales that sing and white-striped skunks that stink and birds with more colors on them than a box of Crayola crayons. The list is way too long to go into here, but suffice it to say that at the end, when God stood back and looked at it all, God was pleased. Only something was missing. God could not think what it was at first, but slowly it dawned on him. Everything that he had made was gorgeous and interesting, and it all fit together really well, only there was nothing in the world that looked like him exactly. It was as if God had painted his masterpiece and then forgotten to sign it. So God got busy making his signature piece, something in his own image, so that anyone who looked at it would know who the artist was. He had one single thing in mind at first, but as he worked, God realized that one thing all by itself was not the kind of statement he wanted to make. He knew what it was like to be alone, and now that he had made a world, he knew what it was like to have company, and company was definitely better. So God decided to make two things instead of one, which were alike but different, and both would be reflections of him, a man and a woman who would keep him and each other company. Flesh was what he made them out of, flesh and blood, a wonderful medium, extremely flexible and warm to the touch. And since God, strictly speaking, was not made out of anything at all, but was pure mind, pure spirit, he was very taken with flesh and blood. Watching his two creatures stretch and yawn, laugh and run, God found to his surprise that he was more than a little envious of them. He had made them, it was true, and he knew how fragile they were, but their very breakability made them more touching to him somehow. And it wasn't long before God found himself falling in love with them. He liked being with them better than any other creature he had made, and he especially liked walking with them in the garden, in the cool of the evening. So it almost broke God's heart when they got together behind his back and did the one thing he had asked them not to do and then hid from him, from him, while he searched the garden until way past dark, calling their names over and over and over again. Well, things were different after that. God still loved the human creatures best of all, but the attraction was no longer mutual. Birds were crazy about God, especially ruby-throated hummingbirds, and dolphins and raccoons couldn't get enough of him, but human beings had uh, other things on their minds. They were busy learning how to make things and grow things and buy things and sell things, and the more they learned to do for themselves, the less they depended on God. Night after night, God threw pebbles at their windows, invited them to go for a walk with him. But they said they were sorry, they were busy. It was not long before most human beings forgot all about God. They called themselves self-made men and women as if they were a plus and not a minus. They honestly believed that they had created themselves and they liked the results so much that they divided themselves into groups of people who looked, thought, and talked alike. And those who still believed in God drew pictures of God that looked just like them. And that made it easier for them to turn away from the people who were different. You would not believe the trouble this got them into. Everything from armed warfare to cities split right down the middle with one kind of people living on one side of the line and another kind of people living on the other. It was just too much. God would have, to, would have put a stop to it all right there except for one thing. When God made human beings, he had made them free. Freedom was built right into them just like their hearts and brains were and even God could not take it back without killing them and, and God didn't want to kill them so he left them be free even though it almost killed him to see what they were doing to each other. God did everything he could to get their attention. He shouted to them from the sidelines, using every means he could think of, including floods and famines and manna and messengers. He even tried more personal approaches. He got inside people's dreams, and if that didn't work, he woke them up in the middle of the night with his whispering. No matter what he tried, however, he came up against the barriers of flesh and blood. They were made of it, 
and God was not, which made the translation very difficult. God would say, please stop before you destroy yourselves. But all they could hear was thunder. God would say, I love you as much now as the day I made you. But all they could hear was a loon calling across the water. There was one exception to this sad state of affairs, babies. While their parents were all deaf to God's messages, babies didn't have any trouble hearing God at all. They were all, all the time laughing at God's jokes or crying with God when he cried, which went right over their parents' heads. Colic, the grown-ups would say, or isn't she cute? She's laughing at the dust mites in the sunlight, only she wasn't, of course. She was laughing because God had just told her it was cleaning day in heaven and that what she saw were fallen stars that the angels were shaking from their feather dusters. Not only did babies hear and understand God, they had other advantages. Babies didn't go to war. Babies never made hate speeches or littered or refused to play with each other because they belonged to different political parties. Babies were crazy about God and they hung on his every word. And perhaps best of all, they depended on other people for everything necessary to their lives. So a phrase like self-made babies would have made them laugh until their bellies hurt. While no one asked babies' opinions about anything that mattered, which was too bad because it would have been a smart thing to do, almost everyone seemed to love them. And that God gave God an idea. If God was a baby, why they'd all love him. Why not create himself then as one of these delightful little creatures? He tried the idea out on his cabinet of archangels and at first they were all very quiet. They looked down at their feet and they exchanged sidelong glances with each other. But none of them looked back at God and for a long time none of them responded. And finally, the senior archangel stepped forward to speak for all of them. He told God how much they would worry about him if he did that. Why, God would be putting himself at the mercy of his creatures, the archangel said. And, and they were extremely unpredictable, these creatures, and unreliable. And they could be, could be downright mean. People could do anything they wanted to him, he said. And if he seriously meant to become one of them, why, there would be no escape for him if things turned sour. Couldn't, couldn't he at least create himself as a, as a magical baby with special powers, the archangel asked. It wouldn't take much, you know, just the power to become invisible maybe or the power to hurl bolts of lightning if the need arose. The baby idea was a stroke of genius, the archangel said. It really was, but it lacks adequate safety features. God listened to the archangel because God always listens. And then thanked the archangels for their concern, but said no, no, he had thought he would be just a regular baby. How else could he gain the trust of his creatures? How else could he persuade them that he knew their lives inside out unless he lived one just like theirs? There was a risk, he knew that. Okay, there was a huge risk, but that was part of what he wanted his creatures to know, that he was willing to risk everything, to get close to them in hopes that they might know that he loved them and that they could love him again. It was a daring plan. Once the angels saw that God was dead set on it, they broke into applause. Despite the danger to God, they could see it was a brilliant plan and they clapped and praised God with a kind of applause that goes on and on when you have seen something you know you will never see again. And while they were still clapping, God turned around and left the cabinet chamber, shedding his robes as he went. The angels watched as his midnight blue mantle fell to the floor so that all the stars on it collapsed in a heap. And then a strange thing happened. Where the robes had fallen, the floor melted and opened up to reveal a scrubby brown pasture speckled with sheep. 
And right in the middle of them, a bunch of shepherds sitting around a campfire drinking wine out of a skin. It was hard to say who was more startled, the shepherds or the angels. But as the shepherds look up at, at them, the angels push their senior archangel to the edge of the hole. And looking down at the human beings who were all trying to hide behind each other, poor things, no wings, the angel said in as gentle a voice as he could muster, do not be afraid, for behold, I'm bringing you good news of a great joy, which will be for all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And away up the hill from the direction of town came the sound of a newborn baby's cry.
Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.